1: It's our final look at our little mini-series called The New Life in Christ. Join us as Pastor Gary Wagner reminds us once again of the new life that we have in Jesus, what it took to get us there, and what it should look like as we live it out. Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. This is Abounding Grace. Welcome to the program. We're continuing our survey of Colossians. We're in chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. It's been a part of a little mini-series called New Life in Christ, wherein we're looking at that new life that Christ has given us, what it looks like, how it was purchased for us, and what it should look like and to what end. Won't you join us? From Reformed Heritage Church, Here's Pastor Gary Wagner in today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
0: Before God changed your heart, before you received this spiritual circumcision made without hands through Him who raised you from the dead because of your union with Christ in His death and burial signified by baptism, before all of that, you were dead spiritually, separated from God, incapable of doing anything about your position, totally depraved, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. You weren't Jewish, you were Gentiles. In other words, the big deal was not that you were uncircumcised, but you didn't have the spiritual realities that uncircumcision uh, symbolized. Paul expands this thought in Ephesians 2. He says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands remember that at that time you were separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel strangers to the covenant of promise knowing no hope and without God in the world it was while you were in that condition That God raised you up from the dead spiritually and made you new creatures. You are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. And when he saved you, he gave you complete forgiveness of sins. Now here's another thing it means to be complete in Christ. When you were dead in your transgressions, you didn't deserve anything. When you were experiencing that life, a lack of circumcision symbolizes God made you alive. God raised you from the dead. God regenerated you. God gave you spiritual circumcision and he forgave you of all of your transgressions. Notice the word all. He forgave you all of your transgressions. He completely Forgave you. It doesn't matter how dark, how wicked, how perverted those sins were. God forgave you of them in Christ, and he will never hold them against you again. No matter how many people you hurt when you sinned, no matter what you did to yourself, no matter how evil that sin was, if God made you alive in Christ by grace, he wiped it all away. And he will never, never hold those sins against you ever again. Praise God. Isn't that great, beloved? All your sins, even in the future, past, present, future, are forgiven. Here is the basis for forgiveness of every sin in your life from conception to the grave. Complete forgiveness. And this forgiveness is ours only because of the truth of verse 14. And here is the heart of the gospel. Having canceled out the certificate of death, consisting of decrees against us, and which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Here is some very powerful imagery. This is the reason our sins are forgiven. This is the reason why we have salvation in Christ. What he is saying here is, This is the heart of the gospel. And here is why all of these rich blessings are ours, which is because of the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us was canceled out. Those decrees that were hostile to us were taken out of the way and nailed to the cross. Now let's look at some of this imagery here. The cancellation of the certificate of debt. A certificate of debt in the first century was a legal statement of debt signed by the debtor, and he was admitting to his indebtedness, the decrees. The decrees mean legal ordinances against us or the laws of God. So the law of God in his statement of our indebtedness to him is his statement of our indebtedness to him. Do you want to know how indebted you are to God? Read his law. Do you want to know what you deserve from God's law? Then read it. The law of God is against us, not only stating God's claims against us, but is also hostile to us as our enemy outside of Christ condemning us and crying out for our punishment. You see, the law of God to the unbeliever is his worst enemy. He is not only indebted to the law because he has transgressed it and deserves eternal condemnation. But that law of God is, as it were, screaming before God's throne. Give this man what he deserves. Punish him. Justice demands that he goes to hell. He is a sinner. And God's law is his worst enemy. But the glory of the gospel is that God has taken away that condemning legal ordinance and nailed it to the cross of Christ. So that the wonder of the cross is that God has wiped away and erased the claims of God's justice against those whom believe. The certificate of debt and the continuing decrees have been completely removed by God, nailing them to the cross of Jesus. The word canceled or removed, taken out of the way, depending on which translation you have, is in the perfect tense. That is something that was done in the past, continues with abiding significance and power in the present. That he con- canceled and took away the claims of his law against us in the past when Jesus died on the cross, and it is still in effect. <clears throat> Nailed is the tense, is in that tense that means once for all, unrepeatable that there on the cross God nailed his law as the condemning instrument and thereby erased its claims for all of those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the law of God viewed as an instrument of condemnation has been removed from us. By Christ's substitutionary death, he has liberated his people from the penalty the law demanded, but not from its demand. It is not saying that he got rid of the law completely and totally. And now the law of God has no place in the Christian life. That is not even under discussion here. What is under discussion is how you get your sins forgiven. How you can be brought into a new relationship with the law of God so that it is no longer your enemy. But now it is your friend. And on the cross, Jesus Christ did not remove the law completely and totally so that we don't ever have to worry about obeying the law of God. But he removed it as a condemning instrument, as something that was screaming out for our punishment. The Lord Jesus Christ took that punishment in our place so that that law can no longer condemn us And the glorious truth of the New Testament is there is therefore no condemnation whatsoever for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, in verse 15, there's another thought. Paul says this completeness in Christ is more than regeneration, more than forgiveness. Christ has disarmed, defeated, conquered, made a public display of our satanic enemies. When he had conquered made a public display of the satanic enemies. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Christ's cross not only canceled out condemnation against us and not only delivered us from sin's bondage, but it also conquered the powers of evil which were against us. One commentator said, the victory is pictured here in terms... Of a triumphant Roman general who strips his foes and leads them as captives into his chariot in his victory procession. Those foes have been conquered and brought into subjection, never to rise again. Now, remember what Paul is doing. He is answering the heresies by rejecting both legalism and submission to these demonic authorities. We don't need their legalism, he's saying. We don't need to worship their angels. The Lord Jesus Christ has not only satisfied all the claims of the law, but he has conquered all the satanic powers of the world, and now we are no longer under their threat. So what have we learned about the complete Christian life today? It is rooted in a regenerated heart, which is ours because of our union with christ it includes full forgiveness of sins and victory over all evil victory over evil desires over evil impulses evil hearts evil influences evil temptations to be sure the christian life involves setbacks and struggles and repentance and self-discipline faith in christ but is a life of victory over evil and therefore my friends There is no excuse for a life defeated by sin, no matter how strong the desire or the temptation for those who believe in Christ. The complete Christian draws her or his life from the strength, from the union with Christ. They trust in Christ's sovereignty and his conquest over evil in this fight of sin. Now it's so easy to say, isn't it? That the complete Christian life is a life of victory over evil? But I want you to understand, beloved, that because of the accomplishments of the death of Christ, these are not simply just words. The victory over evil is something that complete Christians actually experience in at least three ways of their life. First of all, victory over evil includes personal victory over evil in your daily struggle with sin. Now, there is no perfection in this life before death, sinless perfection. But there is a general tone to your life, and that tone is victory. The Bible tells us that because of the death of Christ, canceling out our debt, conquering satanic powers, and conquering evil, We can experience victory over our sin in our daily struggles. Romans 7, 24 and 25 say, Wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to Jesus our Lord. So then I myself might serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Paul here is talking about the warfare that a Christian experiences between his new life And the remnants of the old life that remained within him. He says, sometimes I do the things I want to do. Sometimes I don't do the things I really want to do. But I joyfully concur with the law of God in my inner man. And I am serving God in my heart because I love his law. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ who gives me that love and that victory. So, you and I can get the victory over those sins and habits and desires and tendencies that dominate so many people today because of the death of Christ. Do you have a problem with drugs? My friends, you can be set free. Do you have a problem with anger? You can be set free. Do you have a problem with communication with your spouse in a biblical way? You can be set free. Well, how do I get this victory over sin and the daily struggles of my life? Uh, Let me tell you a couple of things quickly. And by the way, I'm not going to be telling you anything that I have not told you in the past. This is nothing new. First, through real faith in Christ. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his sovereignty, you will be a slave to sin all of your life. Oh You may be able to make superficial little changes, but no changes that are substantial and lasting. And beloved, if you are not getting these victories in your daily walk, listen to me. If you are not getting these victories in your daily walk, you have to question your relationship with Christ. Your union with Christ must be questioned if changes to your behavior are not taking place in your life. And you fall back into the same behavior over and over and over again. Colossians 2.6 says, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding with thanksgiving. So what is the first step in getting victory over evil in your life? By faith be brought into union with Christ. By believing in him. Him alone for salvation. For victory over your struggles. Recognizing Him as you did when you first were saved. That you are totally helpless without Him. Do you understand that? Do you feel that? Do you realize you are totally helpless without Him? And you are absolutely, totally dependent upon Him. Number two, draw strength and motive from your union with Christ. Romans 6, 11 and 12 say this. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. In other words, believe whatever God says is true. Understand what God says is true. You are a new creature in Christ. You are brought into union with the Lord Jesus. He is the fountain of all spiritual strength and all spiritual life. Now draw from that power and do not let sin tell you what to do. Third, be continually increasing and deepening your understanding of the death of Christ. Make sure you understand it. Deepen your understanding Beloved, I have several books that I'd be happy to recommend to you and loan to you. Because the more you understand about the death of Christ and you appreciate it, the more it will motivate you to live victoriously. So victory over evil includes victory over sin in our own personal experience. Fourth, victory over sin includes victory over evil in interpersonal relationships. All kinds of evil in in, in interpersonal relationships, between a husband and a wife, between parents and children, children and parents, your neighbors, your fellow employers, employees, your fellow students, extended family, church family, all kinds of evil in those relationships. You can get victory over evil in those relationships as a complete Christian. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He's talking about relationships in Romans 12. In all of the relationships you have, how much ever evil there is in them, staining and ruining them, you can overcome that evil by good. What kind of good? What is the good in the life of the completed Christian that gives them victory over evil in relationships, in his home, and with other people's? Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and i would be reading verses 9 through 20, Romans 12, 9 through 21, actually. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to To what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Give preference to one another in honor. Don't expect to be preferred. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And beloved, it is this kind of good life. That the completed Christian lives. No complaint. No retreat. For it is this kind of good life that wins victory over evil in relationships with other people. Is your relationship with your wife or your husband or your children or your parents evil? Good can overcome evil. Live this kind of life through faith in Jesus Christ. If you are, and if you are depending on him to give you the strength, you won't have any problems with your parents and vice versa or your spouses. Then last, victory over evil includes success in our attempts to reconstruct church and society in this anti-Christian America. Because the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross died on the cross and canceled out our debt, And conquered our enemies and made a public display of them. You and I will have success as we are faithful in striving to rebuild the church. And rebuild this country by the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 and 58 say. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is never in vain. So no matter how much our culture persecutes us and seeks to destroy and discredit us, you and I have conquered evil and and will continue to conquer evil as long as we are faithful to the Lord. Just continue to be encouraged by Christ's death and by meditation on Christ's death. Every time you do something wrong, you should think about Christ's death. Every time you need motivation to do something right, you should think of Christ's death. Any time you need perseverance, you should think on Christ's death. Any time you take the Lord's supper, which we'll do in a minute, you should think of Christ's death and be encouraged by Christ's promises to all those for whom he died. For in all of these things. He says we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. This. Is the new life in Christ. Live it beloved. Let us pray. Great God in heaven. We are so very thankful. That you did not spare your son. But delivered him up for all of us. That in him. You might give us all things, and it is in his name we pray. Amen.
1: And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Dot org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408 866 5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are two in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found, again, at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408 Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless.